strange stories of peculiar people and extraordinary events throughout history. This is Notorious Narratives. Hi, and welcome to Notorious Narratives. I'm Robin. And I'm Jen. And today's episode is about immurement. No. This is on my list. Is it? Yes. Take it off, lady, because I got it. Check, check, check. This is going to be a creepy episode. If you are claustrophobic, turn it off. I actually don't. <laughs> I actually don't get into the buried aliveness in a wall of it all. Uh, <laughs> I basically, I'm going to give you some examples of um, immurement throughout history. Okay. And the different types of immurement. Yeah. Okay. Great. Okay. But I'm not like, oh, this person was stuck in. I, I, can't, I can't give it away. I would always talk about the process because I'm a creeper. Oh, no. I'm talking about different cultures. Okay. Different. You're always going to do the anthropologic, <laughs> and I'm always going to be like just as gruesome as I can be. I've got troubles, I think. No. Real troubles. Nah. So immurement is a form of imprisonment, usually done until death, where a person is placed in an enclosed space with no exits. An example is a coffin, a lot of buried alive kind of situations. These imprisonments are used as a means of execution, where the prisoner is left to die from dehydration or starvation. The cruel practice of immurement was typically used as a form of capital punishment, where the accused was found guilty of some type of crime and a slow death was the justice that was handed down. So, I mean, I don't, I'm going to interrupt because I'm just going to say that, of course, they're going to die of dehydration first, unless there are situations where there's water left for them. I mean, which I never have read about any cases. There are cases where water is left for them, but in some cases, just they would make drink it- their own urine for dehydration. And at the end of the day, they actually stopped peeing. Because they no longer have anything to urinate. Yeah, I mean, that's only going to get you another 24 hours. No, but there there are, I'm going to talk to you about some instances where the elaborate immurement and some immurements that actually have food and water. It's like Al Capone. You know how Al Capone has that crazy um, cell in the Eastern State Penitentiary? Yeah. With like a bed and a couch and a lamp and like all these fine fixtures he was imprisoned. Sure. But he was imprisoned with fine objects. Well, yeah, he paid off enough people to get those objects, but his bars looked out onto open mm-hmm. hallway, certainly not bricked in. I know, but it's a similar situation. I'll I get mean, into it. But my lord, the, the sheer it. idea of being imprisoned. In a room with no windows. No access outside and then... No bathroom, no air. So along with the imprisonment from capital punishment, the second case of immurement was a human sacrifice. Mm-hmm. One of the earliest uses of immurement dates back to the Roman Empire, when it was used as a punishment for a class of priestesses known as the Vestal Virgins. They were girls from Roman families and were considered to be free of both mental and physical defects that had taken a strict vow of celibacy and committed themselves to tending to the sacred fire ironing Vesta, who was the goddess of home and family. Mm-hmm. If a Vestal virgin broke this vow, they would be punished with death and buried in the city. But spilling blood of a Vestal was forbidden under Roman law. 
Also, no person was to be buried within the city, which meant that these Romans had to get pretty creative with their with their punishment. Yes, indeed. <clears throat> the Vestals executioners would prepare a small vault in the ground, usually contains a couch and a small amount of food and water. The Vestal would then be led into the vault where she would be left to die. The Vestal virgins are these these young women who it, it's Pure. a very prestigious yeah, so, it's like so it's a very prestigious honor to be a vestal virgin it's not just like hey like oh i've got nothing better to do on tuesday i'll be a vestal virgin it's like you have to you change the course of your life mm-hmm. to keep a certain fire within the, the town yep. lit 24/7 and if you should shirk your duties in any way by getting married, having any sort of sexual intercourse, or letting the fire burn out. All of those are cause for this punishment. I love how they are a a chosen folk that has no type of, I don't know, lack of deformity. I think what I said here was... That there was no mental or physical defects. I was like... You so was, they essentially have to be perfectly yeah. beautiful young women who are of and sound mind and body. That, that that type of person will be also great for breeding. But they are kept One in a think. vow to not actually have that type of um, a future. But I think that I sort of imagine the idea of the Vestal Virgin almost being... Are they dressed in all white? An unattainable, like, I feel like men in Rome would almost want to try to seduce them because of their, especially a certain type of man, I feel like would be like, I bet I can get her to break her vows. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I mean, the thing is, it's super fucked up (laughs) because you're just like a woman and you're doing this thing that you think is very good, but you're probably almost a prize. You are. You're a prize and, or you're a challenge. Challenge to those that believe that they can break your vow. Hi, everybody. I'm Katie Segal. And I'm Kurt Sutter. And welcome to our new podcast called Pi, People, Influences, and Experiences. Yes, it's sort of the uh, get to know you at a deeper level, the who, what, when, where, and why you are rather than what it is you do. Absolutely. We're not going to talk too much about what people do. We just want to know about their families, where they come from, you know, what shapes their parenting, if they have kids, what shapes their marriages, if they're married. We just want to be really nosy. We want to get in there. A deep dive into nature and nurture. And we started it because there are a lot of people that we don't know that we are curious about. And I have no friends, so for me, it's, you know. Trying to get them out of the house. Listen to it on whatever you listen to. (laughs) Podcasts on yeah, podcast your, 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 your podcasting apparatus. Watch it on the YouTube. He's aging himself. A similar punishment was also used in Middle Ages by Roman Catholic Church to nuns and monks that had broken their vow of hasty or expressed heretical ideas. And unlike these virgin vestals or vestal virgins. These nuns and monks were actually just dropped in a small opening and left for dead. Yeah, because I believe that the Vestal Virgins 
when they were punished by immurement, they were actually given a few days of food and water. Yep. Yep. It was actually a comforting thing. They had a, a couch. They had means of laying down or sleeping. Yeah. Some people don't have that. So immurement has been used far more recently than we think. Let's say early 20th century. Accounts of immurement has been found in Mongolia and what was then the Persian Empire, which is now Iran. One of the earliest incidents was in Persia around the 17th century from a gem merchant, Jean-Baptiste Tavernier, who documented that there was some tombs on the plains with thieves encased in them, stoned up to their necks. He said that the men had their necks exposed, not out of kindness, but to be exposed to the weather and the assaults of the birds of prey. So similar occurrences of punishment with immurement have been documented in Mongolia as early as 1914. People were locked in wooden crates that prevented them from comfortably sitting or even laying down. Yes. This is like what struck me. I think I saw a photo. Of a woman. Of a woman Mm -hmm. who couldn't get out. Yep. Only a small hole that allowed them to poke their head or arms out to take any food or water that was left for them at such a punishing distance. They had to work for it. Besides punishment like these, immurement was also used as a human sacrifice. An example is the human sacrifice of a new constructed building. In Europe, there are stories and even findings of bodies entombed in buildings and bridges dating back to the medieval times. Yeah. Apparently, encasing a human sacrifice in these walls was good luck and a wish that the building or bridge would stay strong. Skeleton bodies are constantly found within numerous enclosed walls, even today. And you wonder how, like, how was it chosen? Was it just like, hey, like, we're going to build this bridge. Let's just go down to the corner and get, like, an unclaimed body or or a volunteer. Yeah, I just I don't I don't a think it's volunteer, but I a wound involuntary that like, oh, well, I just don't think that could be the case because I feel like that would be a different story and people would have recorded it like that couldn't have been like. So you or, think they're already using the dead or they're like Jimmy Hoffa style murder victims, brother. Mm-hmm. You know, that they're finding these bodies, but I don't think it's because. Their sacrifices are they're being found and they're being put there. I think it's they're being hidden as murder victims. Maybe. Who knows? I mean, medieval medieval times is a cruel not way. just dinner and so, tournament people. But not you know just what? dinner and tournament. You might you <laughs> might you might also think that if it was medieval times there might have been some type of all right, so when you build a new bridge or road or building, there are times when they're, the building stops, right? And they take a break. Mm-hmm. They're down for the day. Maybe someone saw someone. A duel happened. And they kill someone to hide the evidence. They buried them inside, whatever. Or a drunken accident happened. So, exactly. exactly. You never know. A lot of ale was happening. In the There's times. a lot of ale and wine. A lot of wine. A lot of ale. I mean, we can relate. Or you never know. Maybe it was someone that a nobleman that was accidentally killed and you yeah. didn't want to be executed, so you stuffed them in the wall of a of a new bridge being developed or a new house being developed or whatever I mean, it was. a great way to get rid of body is always a construction site throughout history. Mm-hmm. There is a poem called The Building of Skadar, which describes a worker who had walled up his bride in sacrifice with the idea that the innocence of a child would make the foundation of the castle invincible. 
I'm sorry. Because his bride was a, a child. child. Uh, yep. Let me just take a moment there with the child bride's nest. But, a, but a, a similar situation, though. An example of that whole innocence of a child kind of thing was that of Berg Reckenstein Castle. While rebuilding the 400-year-old castle in the mid-16th century, nobleman Christoph van Ham was assassinated by a farmer who had claimed that van Ham immured his son in the castle's foundation, much like on how he thought that the innocence of a child would then make the foundation of the castle invincible. But today, the castle now stands as a hotel and a very popular location for weddings because I don't think there's any evidence of this immurement, but you never know because the castle was actually never searched. Yeah, unless you're going in there with sonar, I'm not going to buy it, people. <laughs> I'm looking so for x-ray knocking sonar. Knocking on all the walls to make sure what's hollow and what's solid and then breaking them down and seeing their skeletal remains, whatever it is. I mean, but how hard must that be, especially if it's stone, right? Ugh. Mm-hmm. How would you know? You couldn't knock through a giant stone and see if there was like a space for like a small well, child's there's, body. There's oh! evidence of other castles being not like there is a hollow thing because you can drill into the stone and then cover it with something that is more pliable, whatever it is. But there is evidence that I'll talk about later on how they actually found some stuff in. No, thank you. Hidden in castle walls. I'll pass, Robin. Just getting you prepared. So immurement was also reported to have been used in the construction of churches. During construction, shortly after the introduction of Christianity to areas, the construction was plagued with problems. Rather than seek out to find a solution to the problem, blame was given to the devil, and the immurement of a child in the churches was then taken at the most possible solution. I mean, that's clearly the solution, right? Unfortunately, there is no physical evidence of child of, uh, of children being immured into the walls of churches, but no one actually really looked. So who knows? Another case, which might sound familiar, was the case of Elizabeth Bathory. Indeed. <laughs> she was immured in a set of rooms in 1610 for the death of several girls. Being labeled as the Blood Countess... I like how they say several, and they lack the hundred that uh, goes along with that. She was often compared with Vlad III of the Impaler, but her case was different because she was allowed to live in immurement until she died, which was about four years after she was immured. And even though she died of other causes besides starvation, her tomb was seen well supplied with food and water. Yep. Another incident was an article in the newspaper in 1906 the fate of a cobbler from Marrakesh in Morocco was found guilty of murdering 36 women. Bodies were found buried beneath his shop and in his garden, and in order to deter others from a similar crime, he was then sentenced to be walled up alive. For two days after his immurement, his screams were heard constantly, but on the third day, the screams had stopped. Sorry, but more importantly, serial killer cobbler foot fetish? Ooh, like, like an Ed Bundy. Oh my God. I think that's perfection. That's perfection. It's um, Morocco's. Ted Bundy is an Ed Bundy. <laughs> it's like Ted and Ed had a baby in Morocco. I think that might be the best thing I thought of all year. I think I'm going to have to say <laughs> Can yes. you please mark this down? 
Because, like, I've never heard of this person. If he's a serial killer of 36, uh-huh. one would think that... Mark it down. I have no name, but I'm sure you can look it up. I will. I certainly hope no one ever looks up my Google search history. Oh, because my God. I will be in a lot, lots of trouble. Especially me Google, like, immerment. Or, like... Flag. What do you What are you trying to do? And That's, my next school, my next school says, um, rolls gold balloons. Yeah. How do they How do they counter a person like us? Like, if you financial, were going to investigate um, our like as financial like stuff. analysis, they'd be like, what you're paying for, what you're not. If I wanted immurement, and then if I googled immurement, and, and then bought Amazon, a bunch of stones and cement, stones and cement, and like um trowels, the tools and stuff Trowel. like that. Yeah. Yeah. Red flag. Anyway. In the ruins of Thornton Abbey in Lincolnshire, an immured skeleton was found behind a wall, along with a table, a book, and a candlestick. Some say that he is believed to be the 14th abbot that was immured for some crime that he had committed. All I know is that this reminds me of an Indian Jones kind of situation where or Goonies style situation, oh, yeah, anything with the like pirate ship and like left oh. with like a pure like skeleton at doing a thing, doing a thing, and just kind of frozen in time, yeah, with everything surrounding him. Also known as creepily, our daydream of discovery. I would lose my goddamn mind. I think I'd like walk out hard right and be like, immure me, I'm done. Doesn't get better than this. <laughs> In 1775, in a castle belonging to the Dirk of Dorset, the skeleton of a man was found behind a wall of a servant's room. No clothes were found, but a religious seal. And the skeleton had a pair of wooden clogs on his feet. With the findings here, it could be either a merman or there is a victim of a murder. Yeah. A nude murder. A nude murder with just clogs on his feet. Apparently that person did not have a foot fetish. It's like a wild Amsterdam time. hey so in 1770, human remains were found at a medieval castle. This is kind of what I was talking to you about before. As the owner went down the winding staircase, they noticed that the wall sounded a little bit hollow, so they called to have the wall opened. Inside the sealed wall was a skeleton that was in full armor. The helmet still carried traces of gilding, which is a very fine layer of gold along with other several things, but... It also showed evidence of several sword strokes. It is assumed that this individual had been defeated in a feud and was immured alive at some point in time. Do you think it was just, they were like, you know, he's going to die anyway. Let's just go ahead and like. There has to be a reason for it, though. I think that it was just an enemy. So that was just their well, way of torture. I'm not even sure that there's one hundred like, percent torture behind it. It's just utilitarianism. It's like, were you what else so are you going to do with wounded? it? Well, like, just let them lay there and have their people take them home. But no, it was it was very personal. It was kind of like, no one will ever find you. You deserve to be buried alive after you were struck. It's like a lot of times in in war, they you know you fight to the death. And you move on, and that person just lays there. And then at the end of the day, yeah, but if they gather their dead, this duel happened inside of a castle, right? Oh, so like who inside is that person, who was that person that was so? And was he even the bad guy in this? Was or, he the owner of the castle, or, or was he just like a, one of the knights of the yeah. castle? And they're like, you know what? 
He's gravely wounded. Mm-hmm. Let's just go ahead and entomb him. And also, where is the staircase? Is this is this staircase always accessed? Because you're taking the time to bury someone behind it. And then even more so, this person who's just walking through and is like, this sounds a little bit more hollow. How bored is that dude? Also, where are you going to just get random stuff to bury someone? You have to call. You just have weird call stones and mortar? Yeah. It's call like, the call, stone mason. Call the stone mason. Hurry up. Get the Hurry stone up. mason. We have. Post haste. We have nine hours to seal this guy up before someone walks down the Before staircase. he dies. Right. There's so many different types of. I have so many questions. Me too. I've been watching too much of the DNA mur- of murder with Paul Holes. I'm just a maniac. So, uh, also, in 1686 in Brennan, when a 132-year-old city gate was built, a tiny coffin containing a skeleton of a child was found. A century earlier, in 1589, the city walls have been reconstructed, and more than 200 years later, in the 1800s, 50 tiny oak coffins were found embedded in the walls. They were, however, empty. Puzzling. I know. I know, but that case was considered a movement. Well, I mean, there's at least one. Why the 50 random, I don't know, maybe it There's was, no bodies in it, so there's not a I know, person inside. I know, but was it considered a, who would take the time to do that if they were empty? There was a reason. Was it to keep the other one company? Was it a tradition? I have no idea. Were they preparing graves for babies that they thought were going to die? I mean, infant mortality was through the roof. I know. And they were like, you know what? Every time a baby dies, we're just going to bury them here and we'll already have the coffins ready. But they were already encased. They were encased. But there's no body. Yeah. So 50... Empty coffins were found within the walls of a bridge. So weird. I know. So when it comes to human sacrifice, in several cultures, it's pretty normal that the living person was entombed along with a dead one as part of their funeral traditions. In the ancient Sumerian city of Ur, some graves as early as 25,000 BC show the burial attendants along with the principal dead person. In these cases, the human sacrifice is probably drug first, or maybe even poisoned. And they believe that because of the evidence that they found, which was a drinking cup that was near each body. I mean, because, like, why else are you just going to go bury yourself alive, right? Yeah, they cool ate it. Even in talking about the Egyptian mummifications and things like that, they mm-hmm. always talk about all of the things that go with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there are so many cultures and unfortunately, that send a person. Just... I mean, and when we talked about the Vikings... Mm-hmm. They send the woman. Mm-hmm. In Indian culture, the wife of a male who dies will throw herself onto the fire with him during the funeral process. Like It's insane. Absolutely. Like, especially if you are a wealthy or a noble, mm-hmm. you do not go into that good night alone. Oh, no. You always have many people or things with you. Make sure you have your stuff, your booze, your lady, and maybe a few friends and family and your pets. In China, legend states that around 210 BC, the King Shi Huang died and all the imperial concubines and the artisans who had worked on the mausoleum would then emerge along with him. In the 14th century, a traveler named Ibn Batua 
observed a burial of a great Khan. He wrote, The Khan who had been killed with about a hundred of his relatives was then brought and a large hole was dug for him under the earth, in which a most beautiful couch was then spread, and the Khan with his weapons were laid upon it. With him they placed gold and silver vessels he had in his house, and together with four female slaves and six of his favorite mamluks, with a few vessels of drinks, they were then all closed up, and the earth heaped upon them to the height of a large hill. That's, I mean, that's exactly kind of how I imagine it mm-hmm. in my head. I'm a little skeptical on how, like, were these four female slaves alive or yeah. dead? I think or they were alive. These six favorite Malaks, which who are non-Muslim slave soldiers, his favorite ones, yeah. are they also alive? I think so. Well, they have a few vessels of drinks. And not just that, like, how would they even be able to drink it? Because by the time you're buried alive, you're going to be, like, just breathing in dirt. Mm-hmm. But if everyone feels better about themselves by giving them a few, like, flasks oh, of wine. Oh, stuff to keep you occupied. Yeah. Well, I love that the con was placed on a couch. I like that the con was placed on the couch instead of the living people. <laughs> the, the con was placed on his couch with all of his silver and gold and all of his weapons and stuff from home. And no wife, apparently. The 8 to no 10 show. living people can just stand. Until they're well, buried yeah, alive, though. Stand, it's cool. It's great. So, whether used for punishment or human sacrifice, immurement can be summed up as an example of a horrific torment. Many different cultures practice immurement that we know of, and I am sure that there are still practices being done today that we are not aware of, and probably will never be aware of until at least another one hundred years, when we come across evidence of this cruel punishment. So that is the story of immurement one of history's most unspeakable cruelty. Just another notorious narrative. If you enjoy our episodes, you can also go to patreon.com slash notorious narratives, where you can access exclusive content. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to be notified when a new episode is available. Keep it weird and never stop exploring.